0: Hello pod, I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to another special episode of The Empire Podcast. Can Return of the Jedi, sorry, Star Wars Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, really be 40 years old? No, of course not, because that would mean that I'm even old. Oh no. Anyway, to mark the occasion, Jedi has been given a re-release in cinemas around the world this weekend. And to mark that occasion... Here's the live Return of the Jedi podcast we recorded at Star Wars Celebration in London just a few short weeks ago. We had a ton of fun talking all things Jedi, and we hope you have a ton of fun listening to it as well. Thank you to everybody who came out and watched this talk on an afternoon when they could have walked around the XL in London and seen some actual famous people instead. Now this is a live show, of course. The sound is pretty decent here. But don't expect it to be all pristine, and there are a couple of moments where audience questions aren't audible, so I'll try and dub in the question where possible. Otherwise, here you go, for Giggling Idiots, talking about one of the greatest movies ever made for a full hour. May the something be with you. Enjoy. Enjoy.
1: How are you doing out there? Everyone Good. Everyone having a good celebration? Uh, Do a little yell if you've seen something over the last couple of days that made you lose your mind. Well, that's about to happen all over again at this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, 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 that's not my promises. We can't keep. (laughs) Hey, everybody.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, packed house. This is fantastic. Uh, I'm Chris Hewitt. Welcome to the Empire Podcast Return of the Jedi 40th Anniversary Celebration. Hooray! This is very exciting. Can I just invite you to admire, just for a few seconds, uh, in odd silence, or applause if you wish, uh, my snazzy new Blue Harvest cap. Look at this. That's right. Look at that. Only three people applauded. That's that's disappointing. I'll be honest with you, but what can we do? Uh, anyway, before I introduce my panel, my three colleagues of such lethal cunning, who knows what the Empire podcast is? There you go. Who's here because you think this is a podcast about the Empire? Because it can be that. We're completely open to that. Uh, this is a podcast about Return of the Jedi, this may be entirely bespoke for the people in the room. This may be a one-off, because we're not sure whether we're able to record it, quite frankly. <laughs> so... Tell your friends. Tell your friends it was the best podcast you've ever heard. You won't believe what happened. It was incredible. Um, Meaning of life revealed. Yes. Uh, So I was mulling over what this podcast was going to be on the way to this room. And...
1: uh, That is not a joke, by the way. That is
0: the stone-cold truth. And... uh, I was thinking about, you know, do we do a thing where we each talk about favorite moments from Return of the Jedi, or do we do a thing where there's so many of you in this room? Why don't you ask us questions? We'll turn to the big old Q&A session with the stipulation that you must bear in mind none of us worked on this movie. <laughs> I wasn't even Bib Fortuna, which is outrageous. Uh, anyway, if you ask a question and it passes muster and we all think it's great, then you can receive one of these, Ooh. which are... Copies of our Mandalorian issue that we had lying left over in the office. Uh, Nick will sign them, instantly reducing their value by 50% on the open market. (laughs) But it's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, let's introduce our panelists, shall we? To my left, to my left is—I'm not an Ambi Turner—is Ben Travis. Say hello to Ben Travis, everybody.
1: No Squeezies, no Squeezies for Ben Travis. Maybe some Squeezies after. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, just to clarify, that definitely was a joke. <laughs> no Squeezies is our policy. Now that is a cause for Star Wars celebration.
0: <laughs>
1: and to, my, to my left left,
0: Helen O'Hara. Hello. <laughs> and to my left left left, Nick DeSemlian. Hello. Is this a trap? It feels like a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. Lock lock the doors. I'm going to do bad impressions for an hour. (laughs) You're not going to get out. And also, no squeezies, but no swearies. Any kids in the audience today? Yeah? Okay. No swearies, okay? Yub nub, (laughs) Okay, all right, this is a family show, even though that family is the Skywalker family, the most fubbed up family this side of the Starks. Anyway, let's get on with the show, shall we? Uh, But before we do, do you guys know that we are near the set of Avengers Age of Ultron? (laughs) If you go out these doors at the end of this podcast, and I I would ask you to hold on until the end of the podcast before going out the doors, uh, you will find yourself standing on the bit in Age of Ultron, where Natasha Romanoff has a conversation with Nick Fury at the end of that movie. Then she opens some doors, and it's a new Avengers campus. No word of a lie. Literally around the corner. Go and check it out after this. Uh, my wife told me like, she worked here for ages, and they were very, very nice when they came hey. here to film, which is lovely. Is anyway, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> 40 years old this year, which makes me feel really old, because this is the first Star Wars I saw in the cinema when I was A baby? (laughs) What about you guys? Helen, you're less old than me.
2: Yes, but even a (laughs) smaller baby, I guess. A smaller baby. Yep, very tiny.
0: Those babies were small. Those babies were far away.
2: (laughs) Both small and far away. No, that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I, I, I like Return of the Jedi. I've been saying for years that it is the underrated one of the original trilogy.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Well, in the sense that it's everybody's least favorite, it seems like, or a lot of people's <laughs> least favorite. I love and it. And I feel like it has some of the best bits, and I feel like it's it's underloved. And I, I've i said this before as well, I apologize for repeating myself. I straight up don't believe you if you claim you didn't like the Ewoks as a kid. Yeah. I'm sorry, you're just a liar.
0: Yeah, boo! <laughs> I just realized I was booing as people arrived late. Um <laughs> I wasn't booing the latecomers, I was booing people who disliked the Ewoks. Uh, hands up if you like the Ewoks.
2: Yes, there come we on, go. justice for Ewoks.
0: This is a safe space, <laughs> a safe space for Wicket, a safe space for Chief Chirper. Uh, Nick, you're also less old than me. That's true, that's true.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I love this film, uh, especially, I think it might be the best opening of any Star Wars film, First, mostly because it's got salacious crumb. And then it gets less good because it's less salacious crumb.
0: The salacious crumb stuff especially is amazing. It is amazing. Uh, Yeah. Ben, um, you're 12 years old. (laughs) Have you seen this film?
1: I think I watched it last night for the first time. No, I've seen this
0: many times before. (laughs) Can you imagine if that had been the case?
1: But I, I don't know. I actually don't remember when I watched Return of the Jedi for the first time because it's it's Always existed for me, it's always been there. It was just in the big swirl of everything I was watching, but it's one that I went back to quite a lot as a kid. I think, Ewoks. in some ways, what? Ewoks, exactly. <laughs> this is the like fun, colorful, crazy one. This is the way this is the like, there's a lot of dark stuff in Empire, and over time. That has become my favorite of the original trilogy but i think as a kid you're like i want to watch the one with the big crazy forest and all the little teddy bears and the speeder bike chases i want to see the one with jabba's palace and all the little creepy weirdos in there so this is the one that i think i gravitated towards a lot as a kid it's got the most fun weird star warsy stuff i think because they just went all out with this they were just like we know how to do the weird creature things let's Mm. go in on it, let's do a Rancor, let's do all sorts of Gamorrean guards and stuff.
3: I still wish David Lynch had done it, can you imagine? imagine? I love the story David Lynch tells about meeting George Lucas and getting a massive headache when he's shown the Wookiees. And I'm like, the man made a razor head and the
0: Wookiees is the line. Like, that's too weird for him. I love that as well, because that implies that David Lynch had no idea what a Wookiee was. I'm I'm sure he didn't. What is this thing? It's covered in hair. It it talks like a dog. George, this isn't going to work. The weather is warm outside. I'm going to milk a cow. Can you believe it? It's Tom's Day again. (laughs) That would be amazing. I think, to be honest, if David Lynch had directed Return of the Jedi... We would not be sitting here right now. (laughs) There would be no Star Wars celebration. The trilogy would have just ended. Blue Velvet Harvest. (laughs) <laughs> the blue velvet harp is that Aww. anything on it? <laughs> bring it on, bring it on. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I love this movie. I think it's, I think it's one of the the, the three best first Star Wars movies. And um,
2: wow, you uh, think your colours uh, than that. Well, you know,
0: I think it's it's equally good um, uh, along the lines of uh, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I love it. Uh, it's it's incredible. I think it is the Star Wars that I quote most, with the possible exception of the phantom menace and i think weirdly enough that's because of the emperor like i seem to be able to quote it's like it's like sean connery in indiana jones and the last crusade i can quote pretty much every single one mm. of his lines in that movie drink it easy
2: yes that's the memorable line.
0: why do you think i should the book home in the first place sure wouldn't fall into their hands junior
2: you should have mailed it to.
0: you should have mailed it to the marx brothers I shall remember my Charlemagne. Sorry, so you've got to stop me. You've got to stop me. Uh, and I'm like that like with the Emperor. And it, But Ben was saying about darkness in Empire Strikes Back. Yes, obviously, Empire is dark. There's a lot of darkness in this. And I think it's the, the I think this may have the best ending of any Star Wars movie for me. The way it, it cuts back and forth between the incredible space battle, which I still think has been unsurpassed in the in the franchise, uh, and the Luke and Vader and Emperor stuff, and then just some other stuff happening in Endor. Uh, but the, the the way it cross-cuts between those three things is just incredible. And it's, and it's been the template for a lot of cross-cutting in the finales of... Of other movies you know whether it's independence day or a lot of the mcu stuff this movie set the template in a a really big way anyway that's it i think we're done now (laughs) (laughs) uh do you have any questions for us at all anything you know it could be anything at all about the movie and then just shout it out and then we'll repeat the question for the podcast thank you And as a follow-up, is Ben aware that there is a No Squeezies
1: t-shirt in the (laughs) celebration? Ben, do you want to hold up your t-shirt? Where is it? It's it's, it's packed down this way. I have the No Squeezies t-shirt. I learned of its existence about 15 minutes ago when Helen walked into the room and said, I got you this t-shirt, and I absolutely melted down. It's an absolute marvel that there are words coming out of my mouth right now because 15 minutes ago when I learned that t-shirt's existence, that was not possible. But Ben has crossed out the no,
0: so it's (laughs) just Ben will be offering Squeezies in uh, room 12 between 6 and 7pm you need a special pass (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah
2: so favourite creature favourite
1: creature I mean he's on my t-shirt we're going Maximum Rebo with (laughs) Max Rebo himself uh, which I also understand in the celebration shop there is a plush Max Rebo so if you could all order behind me Uh, I will be leading the charge to that after this (laughs) podcast Uh, Max Rebo is just an absolute delight. He's just a weird little blue elephant whose feet might also be his hands, who <laughs> has all kinds of bountiful musical styles. I, I realize I, I realize that the, the changes in the special editions, the Jedi rock sequence is contentious. Uh, but it also not gives me. us an insane range of Max Rebo's musical talents. <laughs> like the different genres these like, like medals in. He's like Bowie. He's like the Star Wars Bowie. He's like the Star uh, Wars Bowie, except if he never, ever changed his look because he was like, I'm just a blue elephant and there's nothing I can do about it.
2: Well, no, why would you change that? Come on, what are you cool. going to do that's if better was, than a blue
1: elephant? A Rebo blue Rebo a blue elephant, but then he just put a lightning just bolt glitter. on his face for a bit, that would be incredible. I like
3: to think that Max Rebo's just a jobbing musician who's just ended up in this gangster's place. He's just like, what am I doing
1: here? Get me out. He's rolling with it because I, I like as well that he he has his res- residency in jabber's palace he's doing his thing but then when they're like hey we're all getting on the sail barge for an execution <laughs> <laughs> max rebo's like i've got a vibe for that <laughs> i've been waiting to play some, this. like smooth space jazz yeah.
0: again oh, Bowie we used to do the same in the 60s <laughs> Just like, quick hanging <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be there he'd be doing that he'd be doing his thing uh, yes hell spells
2: I mean, can I say the rancor or is that cheating? Like he's Ooh. under the palace, do you know what I mean? I don't know. He's,
1: he's in the palace, we'll give him that. He's yeah. in the palace, He's
2: in the palace. I just, I find uh, it's not, it's not really the rancor. It's the rancor keeper. It's their relationship. It's the fact that there's somebody who loves him. It's the fact that there's nobody so ugly or terrifying or monstrous. Mm that nobody loves them. I think that's a really lovely little I wonder if they went well, on
3: holiday together those two <laughs> <laughs> They
2: probably go for walks around the palace every day, Stops. you know? Yeah.
1: Watching the film again last night for this podcast though um, you're saying time. there's nobody unlovable in Star Wars And yet the Rancor Keeper himself It upset me how grubby he was
2: <laughs> But he has a friend they, They're comforting each other after the Rancor dies I'm
1: just saying like, It's fine that he runs around in a nappy Under Jabba's palace <laughs> With this giant like, clawed creature But he's just covered in like grime and it's I couldn't the middle handle
2: it. of the working day. He hasn't had a chance to go home and he, shower yet. He
3: does need to put a shirt on. Maybe there's like a no shirts policy in the palace. That's why he got put down there. But I love that moment.
0: It's great.
2: It's a great moment.
0: Yeah. That's the original no squeezies, isn't it? You don't want to squeeze that guy. Lest something irksome come out. Um, yeah. Nick, if you ask. Uh, this?
3: Uh, Max Rebo is amazing. But Salacious Crumb. Yeah, because it reminds me of my cat Winksy. Who's got huge salacious crumb energy, just cackles in the middle of the night, wakes me up. Um, but yeah, salacious crumb. Yeah. Give them a spin off. I was very happy to see them in the tree in Manzo. Salacious Mando's.
0: crumb also attacks eyes, which is yeah. strong winksy energy as yeah. well. Yeah. My cat almost blinded me. <laughs> yeah.
2: Wow, that would have been cool though, like you know, like Nick Fury. I would've
3: been I'm I would have been literal like, Nick Fury. Yeah.
2: I'm not like wishing you were blinded. I'm just saying you would have had a but, Nick Fury esque story. There
0: would have been an upside. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I, I yeah, it's hard to top Max Rebo because he's the greatest musician of our time. <laughs> but also I, I love Sice Noodles. I don't like her new CG lips. Mm.
2: Uh,
0: lips if too. I'm honest with you. Um, How
2: about Droopy McCool? I feel like we're leaving somebody out. I
0: think
1: we are here. leaving out Droopy McCool, aren't we? I'm just saying if you have to name yourself Droopy McCool. <laughs> <laughs> It no, 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 no. maybe speaks to like a level of whoa, whoa. Hang on, hang a lack on. of Mr. self-esteem. To Mr. and
2: Mrs. McCool, a son Droopy was born. You know, he didn't name himself McCool. Are you writing the biography?
3: <laughs> George Lucas did some of his best name work. There's just stuff left over. He's got what a folder. What does he look like? Droopy he's kind of McCool. droopy.
1: What's his vibe? Oh, he's cool. <laughs> droopy McCool. And he's Scottish.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Scottish people are never droopy. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a kill joke there, I'm not going to make it. That's that's as rude as I'm going to get. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, um, those guys are very, very good. I like the droid who goes, "You're a feisty little one," to him, but he's not really a creature, is he? But I'm going to go. I love Salacious Crumb. He's great. What happens to him? He doesn't. He doesn't die, does he? He gets away with it. I like it to think he's comes up
2: into the it, don't real seam in the rafters?
0: Yeah, he gets electrocuted and stuff, but I don't think he I don't think he dies on the sail barge when it when it crashes. I think he he survives. I think he should have been the real power behind the throne in the sequel trilogy. Wouldn't it have had more power if Oscar Isaac had gone somehow? <laughs> Salacious Crum returns. Supreme Leader Crum. Yes. <laughs> I'd have been absolutely banging off for that. But yeah, thank you for whoever asked that question. Put your hand up. That wasn't you. Did you then, ask it that wasn't. question? Wasn't you? All right. You win a copy of Empire Magazine. Well done, sir. Hooray. Wow. Come and claim it at the end. If you ask a question and your question is deemed worthy, come and claim your copy at the end. Not during. It would be chaos. Uh, who wants to ask a question next? The
2: guy yes. at the back in the hat
0: had a Bells. Okay. Okay. So this was a question in which someone pointed out that Empire has apparently given Return of the Jedi officially four stars. What do we think about that, and what would we give it now?
2: Oh. Well, that was... Wait, Empire gave it four stars?
0: Uh, did we? It, what the... Well, because um, we weren't going Wait, whenever yeah, it Empire came out.
2: Empire as it were, in 83. So that must have been
0: like a kind of retrospective review whenever yeah. it came out. Maybe in 97, special editions? Oh, maybe. I don't know. For, for the edition of Hayden alone, knock a star off. And I, said, I don't mean that as a diss to Hayden. Hayden is great. We love Hayden as Anakin, but I just I just think the erasure of, I was going to say Sebastian Stan, but Sebastian Shaw, <laughs> <laughs> I just, that, that's never sat well with me, not least because it just doesn't make any sense to look, that he would look and then, look, look, and then he would see like who the who the who the fub are you? He would say, yeah. Yeah. you know. That but yeah, that's that's one of the things. But um, I, I'm a, I'm a fi- I'm a fiver. I'm, yeah, a, I'm fiver a fiver. On, I'm a fiver on, on this. Yeah. But that might be nostalgia
3: talking. Yeah, it's a hard one. I mean, it, it walks. So Attack of the Clones could run three five stars. <laughs> so close. Sorry, just get that out of the way. Um, I don't know, there's there's flaws in it. I think it gets a bit boggy in the forest stuff for me in the third act, but it's so satisfying. It's it's actually
1: um, Empire Strikes Back that gets a bit boggy. That's on Dagobah. (laughs) Thank you. Come on!
4: That's the line?
1: Um, but yeah, it's
3: really sad. I mean, it's got so many iconic, just watching it again, so many iconic moments, so many iconic lines. It's so full of fun, and, and, and it's just satisfying as hell, so...
0: Between four and five. Wow. <laughs> if you come in with two, I swear to God, you're going out uh, of this room
1: <laughs> right now. Uh, I'm I'm going four stars on this one. It is uh, it's great, but Empire is the is the five star. I think and New Hope is probably or Star Wars, as some people simply call it, uh, is is four for me as well. Four and a half. I don't know. What?
4: <laughs> Get out.
1: <laughs> um, Meets more Babu Frick. Yeah, I think you're at the wrong place, Ben. I think you want Star Trek celebration, which <laughs> is. <laughs> No, the wonderful thing about Celebration is there is a room for everybody. Uh, and I'm hoping there's someone else in the, this room who also likes the Rise of Skywalker. There are, there are dozens of us, dozens. <laughs> um,
2: uh, that's, well, so this, well, there's two.
0: Let's have a show of hands. <laughs> Should we have a show of hands? Any Rise of Skywalker fans in the room?
1: Right this is now? a safe wow. space, yes! <laughs> Oh, I think that's barely a dozen. Come and find me outside for squeezies afterwards. (laughs) Um, But this, uh, yeah, four stars. I think I agree with Nick that it gets, the the pace slackens a little bit in the middle, but it's also fun uh, the whole way. Um, And yeah, the color and the energy of this one, uh, I I really enjoy. The finale is great. It's just a little bit of a step below the others' In the original trilogy for me I could maybe go to Four and a half stars For the original cut Ending with Yub Nub Because again If we're talking about Musical excellence in Star Wars The fact that they decided The entire thing The entire original trilogy Should end on a song Called Yub Nub Is
2: <laughs> a just like Galaxy brain
1: Star Wars galaxy brain move That I applaud to this day Do
2: you guys read the magazine? You know we don't do Half stars right? That's... Well... We do now <laughs> Ooh executive decision I like it.
0: Oh, that's a good film. Should we do that? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've gone full empty. Let's Emperor. talk about that. Steven <laughs> Seagal's best film, would you say? Which one? Executive Decision. Oh,
2: come on. It's Under Siege. Don't <laughs> be ridiculous.
0: Under Siege. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Um, Hard to go. The the to to be on the Jedi's being released at the end of the month. We can do that. We can do a Sporter Special. That'll be, go. be good. Uh, did I answer that question? Who knows? Who cares? All right, <laughs> let's move on. Yes, please. You, sir. Okay, this question is... Is Return of the Jedi less good because of The Rise of Skywalker? <gasps> Is Return of the Jedi less good because of Rise of Skywalker? Well, because of what it does to Palpatine. Yeah. Well, if you ignore the existence of Rise of Skywalker...
3: <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's, which it's less think. good because that bit in Fortnite where the Emperor turns yeah,
2: I Yeah, I just... I don't know how that makes any sense. Like, somehow... Palpatine has returned. The somehow is doing so. It's <laughs> so much heavy lifting. So, like at some point prior to falling into a presumably nuclear, you know, reactor equivalent, he's been cloned or something. Like that's what we've got to take from that, I guess. But none of that makes any sense because he doesn't seem like the kind of dude who would allow a clone of himself to run around because that would inherently be a danger to him. That is not something that he would be a fan of, surely. I don't understand it. I don't like it. I don't want it. Mm. Um, Yes, no bad decision, I think. Um, There's good stuff in Rise of Skywalker.
1: (laughs) I'm leaning in, I'm leaning in.
2: But that's not it. um...
1: For me, I, I don't know if it's, again, the era that I grew up in that, yeah, I've lived in a world where the original trilogy has always existed and when the first... Star Wars film, I saw in the cinema was The Phantom Menace and seeing all the prequels. And so then the perspective for me of this wider story, the, the, the Palpatine legacy has always been like a huge part of that overarching story of, he was always the mastermind of the original trilogy. He was always the mastermind behind the prequels as well. I don't bump against that idea that he is the, the the mastermind behind everything happening in the sequels mm. as well. It, it doesn't diminish that for me, but I think everyone's mileage on that is gonna, it's gonna vary. I really, really like McDiamond's performance in Rise of Skywalker as well. I'm desperately trying to make this into a Rise of Skywalker <laughs> podcast. No, but I, I think his performance is really great in that. It's really fun and I like them leaning into the kind of dark fantastical horror side of Star Wars in that film that's a big part of it that I enjoy um, so I, I'm really glad that that exists but I'm aware for some people it, if your conception of Star Wars originally was just um, but yeah, that yeah that Luke redeems Vader they destroy Palps Happy Days <laughs> that, that 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 is a, a big kind of do call me belts. foundational myth for a lot of people and it's gonna I don't know, uh, not sit well with people that that isn't the end of the story, that there's something beyond that. Uh, mm. but, but for me, uh, it's all part of the same tapestry. It's always made sense to me that Palps is pulling the strings all the time. <laughs> Please
4: don't say Palps. <laughs> I've got pal-spitations.
0: I have got palpitations.
1: Uh i do not know, I, um, uh,
0: that's a very good question. I, don't, I, think it, I think, honestly, Return of the Jedi enhances The Phantom Menace and it enhances the, uh, the prequel trilogy. because because we know that Palpatine Palps is pulling the strings. Uh, I don't know. I I honestly haven't given too much thought to Rise of Skywalker, apart from every time these two bang on about it on the podcast. Um, But I was very, very glad yesterday to hear the announcement that they are finally going to finish the sequel trilogy. And. Daisy Ridley's gonna come back. Uh, I'm very excited because it's been too long since The Last Jedi and I wanna see how Ray's Ray know...
1: <laughs> uh, no uh Rey... don't applaud that. We how Rey... Don't applaud that.
0: Ray no surnames uh, story. <laughs> I
1: just, to,
3: up.
0: I just want them to keep bringing
3: Palpatine back <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> he's back again, <laughs>
0: somehow. Guess who's back, back again. Palps is back, tell a, <laughs> tell a friend. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. <laughs> uh, any other questions? That's three people, three questions now. They've got three copies of Empire Magazine. How many do we have left? Jesus, uh, Jeebus, Jeebus. Um, yes, please, question. Yes, glasses, man. If you could change anything about Return of the Jedi, what would it be? Oh, bring back Yubnub. Straight up. <laughs> Sebastian, Sebastian Shaw, I'd, re- I'd restore Sebastian Shaw to the original, the original thing. Uh, I'd, I don't know, i go back and forth on this. Would you guys, Harrison Ford wanted to kill Han. hmm Would you have gone for that? No. Why not?
2: Because I'm very invested in the love story. Oh, um, I know. <laughs> um, no, but I would maybe make uh, Leia a little bit spikier because she's been spiky for two straight films, even with her friends and allies. And the only kind of really spiky thing she does in this is is straight up murder Jabba. Um, and I That's would a pretty like, big spike, to be <laughs> fair. I mean, yeah, was, there were some spikes on the chain, I think. Um, but I would like to see a little bit more of that edge because I feel like they couldn't figure out a way to play it as a romantic story and also give her edge. And I feel like maybe nowadays they do a better job of that, I don't know. But they've done a really good job of it for the other two films. I feel like they lost it just a little bit in this one. So that, I don't know how I would change that, but I would change that a little bit. I would just give her maybe a bit more to do in the planning scene. She's kind of sitting there waiting to be told what to do uh, when they're they're planning the attack on Endor. That is not Leia to me. So I would maybe give her more to do there.
3: I, I think, that, it, I mean, Sorry, though. I was going to say just quickly, I, I think that goes for Han as well, because like, Han is very cuddly, he's not quite the, the yeah. rogue kind of. So he and Leia are both
1: a little bit
3: less interesting than they were in the early ones. So.
1: I
0: think she's interesting with the revelation about her heritage. Yeah, and that, no, that
2: and like that looks really I really yeah. like how that's played. I really like how that's played. And she's not super shaken by it. She's, she's quite like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's makes like sense. almost Somehow
0: a, I've always known. Yeah. I
2: like that. Although I don't understand how she remembers her real mother. She was (laughs) five minutes old.
0: The Force, Helen, the The Force. Of course, of course. The Midichlorians.
2: But Luke doesn't, and he was five minutes old as well, so what's up with that?
0: Ah, he's stupid. (laughs) But not even Master Yoda has a Midichlorian count that
4: high. (laughs) That high. (laughs) Mr.
0: (laughs) Wait, Sorry.
1: I've had a very long day. <laughs> the the obvious but maybe slightly boring answer for me is that, yeah, I, I'm really glad they didn't kill Han because then we got everything that came after. And uh, if you're here and you've heard this podcast before, you probably know how much the sequel trilogy overall means to me um, and why I love those films so much. And I, I think everything they do with Han, I know it's a shame we never got a scene with all of the original cast back together in that mm. trilogy. Yeah. Um, but... What they do with Han in Force Awakens, how Harrison Ford plays all of that is so emotional to me. Um, that scene with Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens, like it, it still stands out to me that the fact that people didn't riot over the death of Han Solo in that film is just a testament to how well they played that moment. Um, and yes, to bring it back to Rise of Skywalker as well, the moment where he pops up. Uh, for Ben in that film, uh, really gets oh, me every that, time. Oh, as well. that's so, so bad.
0: Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but you know, that's that's a different film, Ben. Let's let's, let's focus on Return yes. of the Jedi for now. I don't know whether I would necessarily have gone along with killing Han, but I, I do agree with Harrison Ford and his sentiment that the Rebels needed to lose something um, because it's the the end of it is obviously a triumphant win, and George uh, George George Lucas uh, wanted. To obviously end on a real, real note of triumph, which is probably why he ditched Yubnub um, in the end. But I do, I do feel it needed to be tinged with something a little, a little bit more melancholic for me. That didn't necessarily have to be Han dying. It could have been something as simple as the Falcon not making it out of the, the Death Star, or Wedge getting crushed by a door, or, or, or something like that. You maniac. <laughs>
2: That's That's a fair point. Although those are awful examples of it. But um,
0: or wedge being stung by a bee and then having an anaphylactic shock. Wedge, I, wedge I, just gets wedged between two things.
3: Yeah, wedged. You like, <laughs> prr,
2: prr, <laughs> wedge. you monsters! I mean, you do see some dead Ewoks, and that is actually very sad. Seeing the Ewoks. woks happening a I I was touched by that as a kid. I was like, oh yes. no, for Ewoks. No, no. Um, but I'm not sure who else you could have lost. And do
0: still... not touch a hair on Chewbacca's I was body. What's going to?
2: Don't I was you dare. Specifically worry that that's what you were talking about.
0: Yeah. I would never. You know I would never. I know
2: you would never. But he is the one that you would kill if you wanted to give something a big like emotional like weight, isn't it? Like you if you wanted to make everybody feel like oh my goodness the saddest possible thing has just happened, you would have killed Chewbacca. I'm I'm not saying you should. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what you do. I just you
3: feel
0: sad now, sad. Helen. What would you do? Drop a moon on him. Um, anyway. Uh, any other questions? Who asked that question? Who, who was the one who asked that question? Was that a fourth question? There you go. There you go. You have a copy of Empire Magazine. Let's race through them. Here is another one. Nick, you can choose this next one. Choose a hand. Let's Okay, so this is a question about balance to the force. There's a lot of talk about the phrase balance to the force. In our opinion, who brings balance to the force in Return of the Jedi? Is it Luke or is it Vader?
2: It doesn't, it, that has never made any sense to me if, if there's balance to the force then surely both Sith and Jedi have to exist so how is the end of Jedi balance to the force it doesn't make any sense that that would be balance I don't, maybe I'm being stupid and I'm ignoring like half of Wikipedia at this point but that, that to me on its face that is not balance that is the good guys winning.
0: Not
3: if, um, not if somehow Palpatine survived <laughs> You just
2: solved it. You solved it. But, then, but then, what has Vader done to bring balance to the Force? He's done bugger all. He Whoa, shot, uh, shot uh a bubber, all.
0: bubber all. Bubber <laughs> all.
2: Bubber all. He's done bubber all. He, he has not achieved anything because then just the First Order arrives and it all goes on until, you know, a generation later. Or does it, etc. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I think the balance to the Force concept just makes no sense. That's my non-considered view.
3: Do you have a take
0: on it? Uh, I Good answer <laughs> <laughs> That's what Nick had written down in his card, by the way <laughs> If you all reach into your pockets, you'll find an envelope in your pockets and on that is written Luke <laughs> so, Nick worked his magic. Ben, what do you think? Where do you stand in this balance of the, of the force business?
1: Where do I stand on it? I stand on the fact that Vader wouldn't have turned without Luke um, but I also kind of really respect the fact that Vader gets lauded for doing the absolute bare minimum And just at the very end he's like I'll do, I'll do one good thing And it's like the most good thing he could do And it just just outdoes everything else All the bad stuff is instantly, you know, swiped out If you
3: chuck an old man in a big hole
1: <laughs> it just cancels everything. Does
2: as we he should... know that somehow Palpatine's been mm-hmm. cloned?
0: Oh
3: because if he
2: does, that puts a very different Whoa. perspective on what
0: he just did. I'd love to see that that lesson at the Jedi temple. <laughs> <laughs> and chuck
2: a man in a hole, you will bring balance
0: to the force. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm a big fan of the balance of the force thing because it's entirely, Star Wars is about, from a certain point of view, right? And so it's entirely about from the Jedi's point of view, bringing balance to the force means wiping out the Sith entirely so it's just Jedi, all Jedi, all the time, that Have a big old Jedi party, and that is our balance. The Sith aren't concerned really about that. They just want to have, you know, a great time.
2: And sort yeah. of the Jedi by that standard. So yeah. where is the balance? There is, there no, is
0: balance. no balance. The balance is wiping out everyone. So you have hundred yeah. percent. If you're a hundred percent, you're balanced.
2: That is not how balance works. <laughs> but I, I, I look, I just, I just, it has never made any sense to me. Also because of the line about, you know, two there always are a master and an apprentice. Mm. Because you've got two Sith, and that balances an entire academy.
0: Yes, because the Sith are terrible. Exactly. We don't want more sense. Sith.
2: I'm not saying we want them, I, like I wasn't saying I wanted wow. Nick to be blinded or Chewy to be dead. I'm just working through the
0: you're, ideas. You're uh, espousing a lot of very controversial viewpoints <laughs> yeah. that you don't actually seem to want, Helen, and yet you're introducing them. How is that working?
2: You know, I'm just... just... For the discussion, Chris. Yeah. Then the
0: again, discussion. I'm the one who asked for a wedge to be crushed by a door. so. We
2: are.
0: Yeah. I was looking through
3: the amazing J.W. Rinsler book. Has anyone read that? Yeah. Uh, on Return of the Jedi. And it reminded me that originally it was going to be uh, Yoda and Obi Wan with Luke, like as ghosts, fighting yes. the Emperor and Darth Vader at the end. Would that have been better? There's your balance right there. Well, it's three against two. Yeah, no, I. I, I <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's just maths.
2: But one of them's really small and Darth Vader's yeah. quite tall. Yeah, so, true, you know. true.
0: Fundamentally, yeah, they don't know what they're doing, do like, On a mathematical basis. Uh, Alright, anyone else? Ben, you choose this time.
1: I'll choose. Um, this guy, in a, are you wearing Jedi robes? Uh,
3: uh, yeah, episode 3 Anakin.
1: Amazing. Nice. Um, Good.
3: So, they go down to Endor. Yes. They've all got their camouflage
0: on. Yeah. They
2: take a bright golden robot and a bright... <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you you, you don't take a bright gold robot every time you go hiking I mean you're missing out yeah no it it makes no sense I tell you what I really want to know where Han gets his camouflage overcoat that is the single most stylish piece of clothing in the entire trilogy and he just rocks up with it without even thinking it's amazing
3: Mm. C3PO would have worked in autumn like, well, that would've... If they'd, wait, <laughs> they'd waited a couple of months.
2: Yeah.
3: It's a really good point, though. I the...
2: How does how does R2 get around? Seriously, so I mean, I guess he's just got the jets. We just don't see the, that bit of the, the navigating the jungle terrain, uh, forest terrain.
0: Yeah, it's really... They have to clear a path for him all the time. It's really time-consuming.
2: Half the strike team is just, like, you know, brushing leaves aside so R2 can get through.
0: Mm. But then again, if they hadn't brought R2, they'd have been caught up in that big trap and then they've been boiled alive sooner than they, they were going to be. So, I guess I you trade, it's a trade-off, isn't it? He was it?
2: actually being roasted, not he, boiled.
0: Oh yeah, I remember I remember Don Rickles uh, being in that. That was, uh, that was fun. That was a niche gag for about four people in the room, but, I mean, but there you go. Uh, yeah, that's a very, very good point. You've, this movie's ruined for me now. <laughs> Two stars, says Emperor Magazine for Return of the Jedi. Uh, all right, I'm gonna choose a question now. By the way, that question was, why do they bring 3PO and R2 to Endor and then try and, you know, camouflage them? They don't try and camouflage them. Yes, there's a, there's a gentleman, he has a face. He's in the back. Yes, you, sir, with the face and the glasses and the head. <laughs> so can we still enjoy Return of the Jedi on its own terms, essentially, even though it has, a bit like the other gentleman said earlier on, been changed a lot by what's come subsequently? All right, okay.
2: I mean, yes, but you do have to exercise some, some strategic ignorance and, and have to sort of strategically ignore some things. Because yeah, if you think about it too much and you're like, okay, so he's, he's totally cool with Vader now who killed a bunch of kids that we know of. And also like, you know, everything he's done in, in Clone Wars and Rebels and everything in between for 20 years of basically ne'er-do-welling. Um, you know, he's killed a whole bunch of people. He's done a huge amount of bad stuff. Um, But at least he did the one good thing in the end. And so, yeah, it it helps to not think too much about that. And I think it is is one of the problems with prequels and sequels and and everything that, you know, the canon gets messy. The canon gets really, really messy, which is obviously why they, you know, ditched a bunch of it a few years ago. But it is something that all of these long running franchises have to deal with, is eventually they do tend to contradict themselves in, in ways small or big and um, and we tie ourselves in knots trying to look past them. But we, I, I, I try to look past it strategically when I'm in the moment of watching it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only thing to do, for me anyway.
1: I think I'm in a position again of, I've always appreciated this kind of wider tapestry that is Star Wars. My kind of conception of Star Wars has always been this kind of wider story. And for me, it's everything that's come around afterwards that has only drawn me further into this story and into this world. So. If anything, I think a lot of the wider stuff has helped me appreciate these films even more because of all these other avenues, of all the things that get picked up and carried on down the line and revisiting where they came from in the first place. I think it's enhanced my enjoyment of of Return of the Jedi more than anything.
3: I still love Lord of the Rings and I've seen The Hobbit, (laughs) Battle of the Five Armies. (laughs) (laughs)
0: it's interesting though i haven't seen return of the jedi in a long time i didn't go back and revisit it like ben did i'm not sure i've seen it since the force awakens came out i think the last time i saw return of the jedi may have been a star wars celebration in germany in 2014 when it was an outdoor screening of it and i went along and it was one of the greatest cinematic experiences of my life it was just transcendent so, I haven't had that experience yet of going back and re watching it, knowing that somehow Palpatine returns. Um, maybe I will. Maybe I should have for this, but I was very busy. <laughs> <laughs> I've relied on uh, my, my, my memory of every, line. of every line, you rebel scum, um, and to, to get me through. Anyway, yes, well done, sir. You get a, another issue of Empire. <gasps> Helen.
2: The um, man in the back row with the beard. Yes, you. So um, apart
0: from David Lynch, Steven Spielberg was rumored as a director for Return of the Jedi as well. What would he have brought to it?
2: Just like a transcendent touch of genius. I suppose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe
3: we would have got some ETs earlier than the Phantom Menace 7. Um, I don't know. I mean, the action, you'd say action because he's incredible action, but the action in Return of the Jedi, I've got no complaints
0: really. It's really well done. Mm-hmm. I don't know it's hard to say isn't it because you know would he and george have worked well together as producer director at that point apart from obviously the, the the indie films this was very much george's thing and richard marquand you know did a did a fine job on this movie but you know the overriding historical record of return of the jedi seems to be that this was george this is George's story george was telling a story he just didn't for some reason want to actually be on calling the shots would that have meshed well with Spielberg at that time? I don't know. But you could have imagined, expected a little bit more bravura, um, camera work, for example. It might have been a greater, uh, I don't know, could there have been a greater emphasis in the father-son storyline? <laughs> I'm not sure. That's a really, really good question, though.
3: I haven't yeah. really considered it. It would have been great to see him direct Harrison Ford as Han Solo, like, right in the middle of doing the indie oh films. My God. I think you would have got a, probably a more interesting performance out of... Out yeah.
2: of yeah, you might have gotten a better uh, Han and Leia story that we were talking about. I feel like that, that bit might have been punched up a little bit. But even then, I mean, there are, there are great notes in that story. There are great moments. Um, the bit where you think she's in love with, with Luke and he sort of smiles as he says that to her, because he doesn't want her to feel too bad to tell him the truth. But it's clearly killing him that he thinks she's in love with Luke. Like, there, that's a beautiful little moment. It's really nicely played. And and Spielberg would absolutely have probably done the same thing, you know. So it's not like there's nothing good in here that could, Mm -hmm. you know...
1: was a strange noise, sorry. I thought there was a tiny Wookiee next (laughs) to
2: me. But yeah, I I, I do think he might have punched up the love story a bit, maybe.
1: I think because E.T. has a kid dressed up as Yoda, maybe this would have featured... I don't know, Yoda dressed up as E.T. <laughs> <laughs> at some point? say Yoda dressed up as a child, as a kid. <laughs> Yoda dressed up as a human child. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to play it incognito would be amazing. Would that. Maybe
2: we we would have seen Grogu like 30 years earlier. <gasps>
0: I, do wonder, I will I take I think that th- now, please. I think he might have got involved in the, or oh, he, he would have been involved in the script a little earlier. So maybe we wouldn't have... I don't know, maybe we wouldn't have spent as long in Jabba's Palace at the beginning, because I know some people actually have a problem with that.
1: It's a weirdly structured film. It is weirdly structured. Again, because I was intrigued watching it back last night. Um, My memory is it's almost like half and half, but actually like it's 40 minutes, 45 minutes or so is the Jabba stuff. And then there's still a good like hour and a half of the film left. It's a very oddly structured film. Try and place yourself,
0: I think in the shoes of an audience who saw this film in a cinema in 1983, and it was different for me as a baron of just three or four months. Um, <laughs> it was different for me because I, I you know, I, I I'm not even sure this may have been my first Star Wars. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm sure I was, I'd seen Star Wars. I'm not sure. I, I don't remember when I saw Empire for the first time. So I don't think I went into this on the cliffhanger on tenterhooks hooks because of Han. What happens? What you know? What happens with Han? This is such a weird film in that regard because the first 40 minutes of this film is about rescuing Han, but it takes so long to get to it. And then when it does bring him back, he's blind and he's. You know, he's bumbling around, and then there's Boba Fett being an idiot, which, you know, is obviously why Helen loves that bit. <laughs> and he gets eaten. You know, it's such a strange I c- opening. I could watch way more of it. I, I would have watched, like, ten minutes of just Jabba
3: and his minions hiding behind the curtain. <laughs> like, and one of them just wants an early night. and it's Like, of
1: stuff. punked with uh, Jabba the Hutt. Like, like, a really early, early punked. Yeah. I forgot how there's something just so texturally upsetting about how, like, damp... Han is when he's unfrozen from carbonite and just that feeling that horrible feeling of being in wet jeans imagine that but like all over and you're sweating and you've been frozen how long how much time is supposed to have passed is it like a a year but, yeah, I don't know just the longest nap you've ever had that times a thousand plus wet jeans all over plus sweat I couldn't get over <laughs> just think, how horrible I love that it's the wet, wet was,
0: jeans Ew. bit of the whole experience you don't like do you think um, he wakes up from his long sleep with um how can I say this the, the, the gentleman's problem
1: <laughs> I imagine there is a scene that was cut out that was like that moment in Austin Powers where he needs the world's longest wee <laughs>
2: Do you oh, think because of the unfreezing process, he had problems with <laughs> the volume of his
0: voice? <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Oh, I love it. Uh, all right, who hasn't chosen a question? Nick, time to choose oh. another question. Okay, so this one basically invites us to rank Return of the Jedi and rank the Star Wars films. And there was a sub-question for Ben. Where would he put Rise of Skywalker? Or
1: the Rise of Skywalker, whatever it's called. Give me, give me a minute. <laughs> I'm going to do some deductions.
2: This is in my top three overall.
3: I'm going to say something, but it's really controversial. I think I prefer this to A New Hope. Is that, is that, is that insane? Like I, If I want to put one of those films on, it's Empire Strikes Back number one, and then this for me. just It's so fun. Wow. I'm not dissing you know, Star Wars. I
2: mean, but. it sounds like you're dissing Star Wars, so... <laughs>
0: We did a Star Wars ranking a few years ago uh, that one day I'll put out as a podcast. Uh, and I think it was the three original trilogy movies in my top three. And then it was The Last Jedi. And then it was Attack the No, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> then it, then, but then I think I did go Revenge of the Sith. I think I went Revenge of the Sith number five. And then I just didn't care after that point. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, Last Jedi... Oh, yeah, because we're counting Rogue One, Rogue aren't we, one, Solo? One, yeah, Rogue, yeah, Rogue, Rogue one, one and Solo, yeah, they, they muddy the waters somewhat, don't they? Uh, I thought you meant up the Skywalker saga. Uh, I don't know, the two that wouldn't make it at my top ten... No, the one that wouldn't make it in my top ten is, is
3: Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Does anyone else here yeah. think this is better than A New Hope? Or is
0: it literally just me? Yes. Yes, a small army. I, th- I think, Nick. I think I'm with you in this. I really do. Whoa. I love, I love Star Wars. Uh, I love, I love A New Hope. I do, but it's, a, it's, it's a little glacially paced at times, isn't it? And I, it's, it's really interesting. Like, if you watch, if you watch A New Hope, I think Empire and Jedi get the balance of, of music, absolutely spot on. I think the score in Empire Strikes Back is possibly John Williams' greatest score. But the score in Jedi is incredible. And there's great, there's huge tracks of silence in Star Wars, which just feels weird to me now. Like, Lucas went the other way completely with Phantom Menace, which is just wall-to-wall music. But um, I think the balance is achieved a little bit more adroitly, uh, or adroitly, in, in Jedi and An Empire for me. And that, that's not just why I think I prefer to, to Star Wars. You know, it is because, I, I, you know, we haven't really touched on it enough. The Emperor Fader look stuff at the end is just incredible. Uh, Ian McDiarmid, in, that is one of the greatest bad guy performances of all time. The stuff with Fader trying to reconnect with his son is genuinely touching. Um, the stuff at the end, you know, you know let me you know, take, my, take my mask off so I can look upon you with my own eyes. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that's the line. I haven't seen it for a long time. Uh, but all that stuff is just tremendous to me. And that, that, I, there's an emotional punch there that I think, you know, you don't always get from A New Hope for me. But that's just me. And it's got such a deep bench of amazing alien. We haven't even talked about
3: Admiral Ikebarth. Oh my Me and God. No. I mean, uh, like there's so many fun little supporting
0: characters. Yeah. So many. Yeah. I mean, you said, who was the person who said earlier on, what's her favorite creature from Jabba's palace? Yeah. They're all great. But then my favorite, one of my favorite aliens in Star Wars, notwithstanding the fact that Chewbacca is my favorite Star Wars character, uh, is Neen uh, who is just absolutely incredible. That guy is a real hero of that battle. Not Lando. That guy, he's the, one, he's the one pressing the buttons, and Lando's like, I don't know, I remember probably this thing, I can't remember what this thing in the card game, I don't know. And this guy's like Do you know right. what I
2: loved, I was watching last night, and I was watching for like really good moments that we could talk about, and one of my favorites actually is when the, um, when the Millennium Falcon is flying out of the exploding Death Star, and the explosion is like boom, 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 boom oh. behind them. And there's a, there's a little TIE fighter still chasing them that basically just goes pop. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cutest little sound effect, it's absolutely adorable. That's because they're not pressurised, which I learned recently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, um, no, I love Lando as well. I, I want to say, on the record, Lando is great. And I love that he actually gets something proper to do in this movie. And he gets a, a, a real moment of,
2: of heroism also. And his friendship good. with Han is great in this film as well. Yeah. Because it isn't, you know, with an undercurrent of treachery like it was in the mm. last one.
3: His disguise is rubbish, though. His, his, <laughs> <laughs> his, the thing he wears in Jabba's Palace. Rubbish. What was the job interview?
0: Did you apply? Do you just rock up at Jabba's Palace and say, Yep, I'm a guard now, and that's it? I
2: don't know. Um, Anyway. What kind of references are they looking for to be a guard of a gangster?
3: (laughs) How long are you willing to wait behind this curtain? (laughs) That's the only question.
1: If you'd like to learn more about the logistics of how you take over as the crime boss of uh, Of
4: of
1: Moss Isley and Moss Esper, well, uh, there's a show. There is a show. No, there isn't. There's no. a book. There's a book, there's a whole book. Um,
0: it was moving and
1: everything. Ben. I, I've done my deductions. Uh, I'm ready to get chased out of the room. Uh, so- No squeezies. Return of the Jedi is at five in my ranking uh, of 11 films. And Rise of Skywalker is at six It is below. But they are uh, middle uh, of the
4: pack.
1: Is it also a five? Is it also a five? They're all ranked number five, yes. All right, sorry,
0: I'm having this. Right. okay. At number 11 in Ben's uh, top 10, are is, we actually doing this? Yeah, we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is a Solo a Star Wars story?
1: It's uh, fine, it just makes me feel absolutely
0: nothing. At number 10 is a film that makes me feel absolutely nothing these days, Attack of the Clones. Uh,
1: it's, it's a wild movie. It makes me feel something which is old.
0: Ah, oh, yeah. You and me both, pal. And uh, number nine, The Phantom Menace. At number eight, Rogue One. At number seven...
1: It's not as good as a lot of people seem to
2: think it is.
1: (laughs) No way out, no way out, no way out.
2: Let the record show that a number of people just shook their fingers like like, like this.
0: Ben can't swim. Number seven, you've just simply said revenge, which I'm guessing is either Revenge of the Sith or the 1993 Tony Scott Kevin Costner movie.
4: (laughs) Thought What's that, that doing it here?
0: <laughs> I thought I'd mix it up by putting in a, some sort of sex film. Uh, number seven is Revenge of the Sith. Number six is Rise of Skywalker. Then Return of the Jedi. Then New Hope. Then Force Awakens. Then Last Jedi, uh, which is the sequel to uh, James Mangold's First Jedi. And then number one is The Empire Strikes Back. That's a, top, that's a solid top 11. There you go. I'm all right with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, all right. The roots absolutely died. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as a great doctor once said, we're in the endgame now. So uh, let's see. Let's have some more questions. Have you had a, have you had a lady? Oh, are we interrupting you? Uh <laughs> no, not know. I, I, you got things to go you've got Star Wars to celebrate. It's totally fine. Have you had a lady? Yes, please. So this was a question speculating about whether any characters in Return of the Jedi whose stories might be helped by an animated show or a spin off of some kind, in the way that Anakin Skywalker's story was enhanced. And augmented by the Clone Wars. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so, a character in this movie or in the original trilogy? Yeah, I guess the original trilogy. The original trilogy. I... Who could be helped by an animated uh, arc or series?
2: I, I don't know about a character specifically, but I think that the the outcome of this, if it's just good versus evil and it's you know good guys, bad guys, it, it feels too pat and too too uncomplicated for people. I think that's enormously being helped right now by Mando, by Andor, by everything else that's going on because it is introducing all these different shades and all these different colors. And we are seeing that the, the, the rebels, when they restore the Republic, freaking brainwash people uh, into being better humans and, and have to deal with the fact that they cannot control this empire because they do not have enough infrastructure. And you know, we're kind of struggling to do that. So I think that kind of stuff Not so much a character, admittedly, I'm kind of avoiding the question, but I I think that is really helping the Star Wars universe evolve. I think that's that's a really exciting moment that we're kind of living through right now, and I'm loving that.
3: Max Rebo. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to see like basically Whiplash, but with a blue elephant. (laughs) Make it now.
0: (laughs) I think you could have like a later with Jules Holland style show, like a a weekly show where Max Weber just, on the piano, please welcome, and it's just, do be my cool, and then guy plays. But also,
3: you know, now that Disney owned Predator, there's nothing to stop them making Ewoks versus Predator.
1: (laughs) That Predator never stood a chance. I'm just saying, also, if there's anybody from Disney Plus in the room, if you pitched, Max Rebo's Hootenanny every new year <laughs> oh my god I would watch that that would be incredible are you watching the Hootenanny yeah which one? Oh, Max Rebo's one <laughs> I, I don't know if I have an answer to this like, the, every character that I'm thinking of I'm like they have been impacted in some way especially in the original trilogy I think a lot spans from there um, to, to give a I guess a fairly cop out answer I love what they're doing with Mon Mothma in Andor mm. I think that's incredible that is such a that is a real classic example of such a a small, pivotal but small part in those original films and going like, this person has a whole life. This person has a whole ecosystem around them. And her in particular, what they've managed to do with her position um, in the Senate and how she's helping the rebellion and what that means for her in her personal life and in her Mm -hmm. professional life. That is absolutely mind blowing. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm I'm so excited for more of Andor to see more of Mon Mothma's story. And as we saw in the Ahsoka trailer and footage, she's yep. been popping up in Ahsoka as well, which is really exciting. So, yep. yeah, I, I can't think of a character that no, has hasn't it. necessarily been
0: impacted. That's a great answer. No, I think I think there's I, I've, I've got a, I've got a couple, but I think that's a great one. Mon Mothma's fantastic um, um, because you, you get a sense of her and who she is in in Jedi, but to really see that she's paddling furiously beneath the surface because she's got an absolute diphead of a husband and she's in financial problems and if the Empire could find out about her at any second, uh, that's absolutely wild. Uh, General Medine, I, I, I wonder if we're going to see more of him. I wonder if we're going to see him and we're going to get to see more of like the, the rebellion really begin to come together and coalesce in Andor Season 2. The time jump might, might help with that as well um yeah there's 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 a whole bunch there's a whole bunch i mean you know one mothman's line many boffins died to bring us this information i want to know more about those dudes you know if they could spin rogue one out of what happened with the death to the first death star plans then surely i want to know more about how ian botham led this <laughs> heist i actually, I actually, I
3: actually on the really death like star. that we don't know what boffins look mm-hmm. like i kind of love that they're like the one pocket of star wars that yeah we are remain mysterious I'm sure, I'm
0: sure we do but we just haven't you know we, we probably haven't seen them but they're probably on have Wicked there EDM. been
3: boffins in like the animated series anyone can't remember mm-hmm. but
2: maybe there have been and they're like you know Picard season 3 no spoilers
3: in the books yeah. right well, so say what they look like
0: <laughs> weird looking yeah. they were holding a cricket bat <laughs> <laughs> if moustached. it is
1: in both of them you could bring Wicket <laughs> <laughs>
0: Encouraged. oh there's a squeezy for lads coming here you <laughs> that and was you know
1: i actually I, I have come up with an answer since i gave my non okay good which is i would love uh, a, an animated show set after return of the jedi about about admiral akbar mm. because he has a kid yep. in the the sequel trilogy as well with a british and- accent oh, it, what's the
3: the the one in the new last week's episode of Mando. is he a relation
1: um, ooh, do, do all Mon Calamari look the same to you, Nick? Whoa. <laughs> He's, hey, that's a different guy. That's a different guy. Um, but he has a kid who is in, I <laughs> think most of the sequel films. Um, and looks like Admiral Ackbar, but just like a bit smaller. Um, but like, if I, I always gravitate towards the pilot characters. Like I'm also desperate for a Poe Dameron series or something mm-hmm. at some point, because I think he's cool as hell and all the X-Wing pilot stuff. But having an Admiral Ackbar series about him trying to be a pilot, but also being a dad.
2: Okay, I've got a, a slight addition. <laughs> if you've okay. seen the, the Lego Star Wars holiday special, uh, the only holiday special worth bothering with, um, <laughs> There's a bit where he gives somebody a present and then goes, it's a wrap. And I would like every episode of your Admiral Akbar show to have him saying something that rhymes with trap. It's a wrap.
1: <laughs> it could have yeah. like a, a that's all folks. idea, <laughs> yeah. But it's just Admiral Ackbar. <laughs>
2: that's Akbar a
3: wrap. Do you, well, Admiral, do you think Admiral Ackbar falls asleep and then wakes up and goes, it's a map. <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. Yes.
3: Just that every week.
0: I'm there for that. I've long advocated for Admiral Akbar's snack bar, where he just <laughs> he just sells snacks. That that would be my Dragon's Den business. I would be walking away with two hundred and fifty thousand pounds of investment
2: in exchange for just ten percent equity. Would that sell Zack Snyder's snack cider?
0: Zack Snyder's snack cider would be sold at Admiral Akbar's snack Admiral bar. snack bar. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, I am available for investment. Uh, Come and talk to me afterwards if you are an eccentric and I cannot stress this enough, insane billionaire. Uh, I've got a couple of uh, answers for this. I can't believe none of you have said Wedge. Uh, Wedge. Wedge. He is the only character to my knowledge who's not like a featured player to be in all the first three original trilogy movies and survive them. Um, he is Obi-Wan's uncle in real life. I mean, that's I, I'd love to give Dennis Lawson something to do properly yeah. with, with that Yeah, I think wedge would be a great one, but I, I am also obsessed with the Imperial officer who goes you rebel scum <laughs> Like I want to know more about that guy. I want a 12 part and style <laughs> Show
1: digging really into this means guy. It. it comes from a real I genuinely real
0: place love in. that guy. You rebel scum. I really, really want to see more about that guy. Like, you know, was he practicing that all day long? It's going. If I arrest some rebels, if I arrest some rebels, wake up and you know, like looking at himself in the mirror. Go, you're the guy. You're the guy. And when you get them, you go, you rebel scum. You say that. You say it real hard. I just wonder if that's you know. I would. I would see that. Right. Uh, okay. So do we. <laughs> Do we have any last questions? We've got about 3 more minutes before they kick us out of this room. Yes please, there's a mask. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, would you rather fight a Rancor or get thrown into the Sarlacc pit? Oh, great question. Would are you rather we fight a Rancor
1: armor? or escape or be thrown into the Sarlacc pit? Are, are we wearing Beskar armor?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a
1: crucial delineation. <laughs> by the way,
2: crucial. does anybody free card? Yeah.
1: Did did it, everybody else know what the salak looks like beneath the sand? Because I only discovered this fairly recently when I went to Galaxy's Edge, and they have like they have a di- they have this little diorama thing, and so you see you see the beak and the tendrils and all this stuff. And then beneath the sand, it's like a a big guy. He's like, he's got (laughs) arms and legs, and he's like standing like this under the sand. And I was like, this is absolutely nuts. I stared at this thing for about five
4: minutes,
1: (laughs) just to try and get my head around what it was. Uh, Yeah. After this, Google what the Sarlacc looks like under the sand. It sounds illicit, and it kind of feels illicit.
2: He's got to have a lot of room so he can digest all these people over a thousand years. Why the
1: hell has he got legs? Like, why doesn't he use them? Does he ever move? No, it's just sort of...
3: Does he close his mouth? What's going on Who with knows? that guy? Who knows? That's the Disney Plus series, I want to
0: see. Yeah.
1: What's <laughs> the, qu- <laughs> the Book of Sarlacc? sarlacc? The Book Origins. of
3: Sarlacc
0: Pit. <laughs> oh, boy. What's the question? Would you rather be eaten by a rancor or digested by the sarlacc?
2: Throw into a sarlacc or attack?
1: Throw into or... the sarlacc, okay. Hmm. I would face the rancor because I'd just do a little bit of, do the magic hand thing and we'd be best friends. Super chill. Oh, like a Jurassic?
0: Like, oh, I see. Oh, you be that. You do that. I thought you mean like like, like Chris what? Pratt in Oh in
1: Jurassic World. You'd be like hold, hold. You, <laughs> you, you can also do two hands at once, like this, and that tends to work.
0: Two Rancors, double the
1: fun. But but like Grogu at the end of Book of Boba Fett. Steady. He did a little. Did the magic hand thing. Besi mates. Aww. oh. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's a heartwarming
0: note in which to end, pretty much. <laughs> uh, let me see. are you about to be kicked out? Oh, one more question. Hells Bells, do you want to choose someone?
2: Um, you've had your hand up for a long time, sir. Yes.
0: All right, this is a great question In which to end. This is essentially, how many Ewoks do we think we could take in a fight? LAUGHTER <laughs> All right. I mean, so the, um, this is a cracking question on which to end, by the way. Uh, any panel on any subject, <laughs> and I would love to see it being asked in Question Time this week. Uh, they're absolutely brutal. Like
3: rewatching it, the bit, the shot where they're like bashing a stormtrooper to death with sticks. Yeah.
0: The like, <laughs> question, that. the question is, by the way, uh, for those who weren't listening to that, is uh, how many Ewoks, basically, how many Ewoks could you beat in a fight? Yeah. Or could you take in a fight? But this, essentially? this
2: is interesting, though, because I mean, obviously the answer is like less than one, personally. Um, but
0: you couldn't take hand, an Ewok. You could take an Ewok.
2: I don't know. they have pointy weapons. I don't have pointy weapons. I don't go around carrying spears.
0: All right. Let's establish the rules. What do we have? What do they have?
2: Hand.
0: Hand-to-hand. hand-to-hand combat. Like,
2: they've got like claws. They're like they're like tree climbing creatures I at some would point in their history.
0: Fub those little fubbers the fub up. Okay, bring uh, them here's, all on.
2: Here's my, here's my only caveat. We know that Ewok is literally on the menu, boys, um, some in in some parts of the galaxy, right? We know that they can be killed in eaten. Well, they when can, be. I'm, not, they say, can again, be. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I want to, Andy. I'm just saying <laughs> they
3: yes. I one. can't believe we're ending it with this.
2: <laughs> so maybe um, they're not as tough as they look is what I'm saying. Maybe I could take one, one Ewok.
0: What would you, what you do? Would you take it by its legs and then <laughs> swing it round and dash its brains against the tree?
2: <laughs> this is a family podcast. You are a monster. I, I would. I would first is, the Sarlacc.
3: You give them all those bolo things that, that yeah. they can't use, and yeah. then they would
0: take themselves out.
2: I'd be oh, like. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's good. Yep. I'd be I've
3: like. Think just, like an Ewok.
0: St. Patrick driving the snakes out of Ireland. I would say, <laughs> get in the back, lads. And I'd just get it. We're all going on holiday. And I'd, I'd you know, we're going to the, the Star Wars equivalent of Vault Towers, and all the Ewoks would be like, ah, oh, brilliant. And i we'd get in, and I'd drive them to the Sarlacc, and I would <laughs> reverse. The space truck, and I go beep, 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 and then the truck would tip up like that, and all the Ewoks would be trying to hold on, oh <laughs> scrambling, no. and then slowly being digested over a thousand years.
1: <laughs> that is on that the most note. upsetting thing I think I've ever heard. <laughs> um,
2: no squeezies for Chris.
1: <laughs> so i could probably realistically just like hold one back with each hand i've got quite a long arm (laughs) length and they have very small arms a third one coming in would cause cause some chaos (laughs) um but i do think again we know what would get them on side and we're just getting a big sing-along of yub nub and it would be like the end of return of the jedi and we'd all be going yep nope <laughs> yeah.
3: And then when, when they're singing and dancing, you get the flamethrower out.
1: <laughs> no, no flamethrower. Just sing
0: along, guys. You haven't lived until you've smelled roasted Ewok. <laughs> I mean, the singed fur at first takes a little bit of getting used to, but not, honestly, mm, it fairly stings the nostrils. I'm not sure we're getting invited back to Star Wars. No? <laughs> <laughs> with band I don't know I, th-
3: it's I think a about,
2: cop
0: I, I, could, I could take them all as many Ewoks as you could throw at me there you go
2: <laughs>
0: come to Chris's
1: barbecue restaurant the sticky
2: <laughs> <way>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately it was shut down health and safety well, well, hang
2: on hang on wouldn't it be a, wouldn't it be a stir fry restaurant an, an Ewok walk
0: oh. oh see Helen's got it now this is it you get yourself an Ewok mm. you know you get yourself a little little frying pan <laughs> You get yourself some, some noodles. You get yourself some sweet chili sauce. Baby, you got yourself a stew going. That is...
1: That like is that it. crossing of the stream. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like this restaurant would be you and Salacious Crumb running really this together. <laughs> cackling at each it'd other. be, yeah.
0: That'd be amazing. Throw a bit of crumb in there. Oh, it'd be, it'd be great. <laughs> crumb.
2: <laughs> Family podcast person.
0: Should we sing Young Yub Nub to finish? Should we, should we do that? <laughs> All right, here we go. <clears throat> this has been fun, by the way. Thank you for coming, and give yourselves a round of applause. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and keep it going for Nick DeSemlian, Helen O'Hara, Ben Travis, Woo! and if you could be bothered with me, uh, we will go out now on Yub co-written by John Williams and Max Rebo <laughs> available on Droopy McCool Records uh, you can, let's have a great, big old Yub Nub sing along hey, anyone know the words it's basically
1: Yub <laughs> alright Ben you lead on I'm going to count down from three three two one and then straight into the Yub Everyone, everyone good? <laughs> straight into the Yub it's
2: going to be brilliant
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Chris>. <laughs> how dare you <sighs> Three, two, one. Yup nub. <laughs> yep yep, yep, yep. no one knows the words just make it up superish <laughs>
4: <Shibberish.
0: laughs> thank you for coming everybody May the force be with you yes